and welcome to the So Novel Podcast. I'm your host Jess and in this fortnightly podcast I will be chatting all things books as well as interviews with authors, publishers and bookstagrammers. So whether you're looking for your next read or you want to know the story behind the story then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the final episode of 2020 for Sonoval Podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode. I'm going to take you through my last now next reads. And then I wanted to chat about a few festive reads that I have read lately to get you into the Christmas spirit. And then I thought I'd touch base about the plan for the podcast for next year. So, First up, last now next reads. My last read was The Push by Ashley Audrain and I can say it was incredible. So I was lucky enough to receive an advanced copy from Penguin Books and this comes out on the 4th of January and honestly, I I went into this book blind. I hadn't heard of it. Um, I don't believe I requested it, so I was lucky enough that it just rocked up and I seen a few other accounts on Bookstagram had received it as well and they were super excited for it. So I was very intrigued by it then and just it blew my mind. Um, For a debut, it was incredible. So I thought I'd read out the synopsis first. So uh, the synopsis is the arrival of baby Violet was meant to be the happiest day of my life. It was meant to be a fresh start. But as soon as I held her in my arms, I knew something wasn't right. I've always known that the women in my family aren't meant to be mothers. My husband Fox says I'm imagining it. He tells me I'm nothing like my own mother and that Violet is the sweetest child. But she's different with me. Something feels very wrong. Is it her or is it me? Is she the monster or am I? So when you read the synopsis, you really don't know what you're in for. So it is actually a bit of a thriller. Um, It's super fast paced. The chapters are like only a few pages per chapter. So it's very quick, very snappy. It really hooks you in. It's really hard to put down. Yeah, I just, I loved it. And I'm not really into thrillers very often but I think the premise of this book being all about motherhood and the pressures that we put on ourselves as well as the expectations that we have of ourselves to differ from how we were parent ourselves it really intrigued me And as I said, this was, this is a debut novel and it was just incredible. Now I wanted to read out a page, a chapter, sorry. This chapter, it was just so raw and it brought up so many emotions for me. And I think for any new mother, yeah, it it blew my mind. It was just incredible. She puts into words like my exact feelings of bringing home your first newborn um, that I just kept going back to this paragraph in the book and 
reading it over and over and getting so teary because I just couldn't put it better myself. So I'm going to read it. Uh, So this is at the beginning of the book and it is, um, she's just had her baby and she, she's bringing the baby home. So it's, it's kind of in the middle of the chapter, uh, the paragraph, sorry, that I'm about to read. I'd been warned of those hard early days. I'd been warned of breasts like cement boulders, cluster feeds, the squirt bottle. I'd read all the books. I'd done the research. Nobody talked about the feeling of being woken up after 40 minutes of sleep on bloodstained sheets with the dread of knowing what had to happen next. I felt like the only mother in the world who wouldn't survive it. The only mother who couldn't recover from having her perineum stitched from her anus to her vagina. The only mother who couldn't fight through the pain of newborn gums cutting like razor blades on her nipples. The only mother who couldn't pretend to function with her brain in the vice of sleeplessness. The only mother who looked down at her daughter and thought, please go away. Violet only cried when she was with me. It felt like a betrayal. We were supposed to want each other. Oh, stab in the heart. (laughs) I feel like so many of us can just relate to that paragraph so intensely that Audrey just puts the, the, the words she has chose just sums it up perfectly. Like, yeah, for me, that was definitely my experience. Um, and especially for my second child too, like my daughter is extremely clingy. Um, she probably suffers from a bit of separation anxiety, a bit of social anxiety as well. So the line where she says, Violet only cried when she was with me, it felt like a betrayal. It just stabs me in the heart every time I read it. (laughs) But yes, I definitely recommend this book. Um, even to those who don't particularly like thrillers, as I said, not my go-to genre. Yeah, so the themes in the book are motherhood, parenting, and it's really about, um, so Blythe is the protagonist in it, and we find out that she comes from a family of mothers who have had a struggle with being a mother and being able to connect to the identity of being a mother. And she sets out to uh, break this chain and start over. She, you know, she, she wants to be a mother. She wants to be the best mother she can be. But she feels like her daughter kind of has it in for her from a very early age and her husband can't see that. So her husband and her daughter are extremely close and she kind of feels like she's on the outer. Um, so the book kind of takes you through the next 12 years of Violet's life. We also get flashbacks to both to her mother's experience growing up as well as her grandmother's experience of growing up. Uh, so it's very interesting how she does the point of views and how we swap between them. But yes, incredible, 
five out of five stars for me. I don't normally do a five star read. Um, it's very rare that I'll give five stars, but I really enjoyed that one. So my current read is This Has Been Absolutely Lovely by Jessica Denman. Um, so the synopsis is Molly's a millennial home organizer about to have her first baby. Obviously her mum, Annie, will help with the childcare. Everyone else's parents are doing it. But Annie's dreams of music stardom have been on hold for 35 years. Paused by childbirth, then buried under her responsibilities as a mother, wage earner, wife, and only child of ailing parents. Finally, she can taste freedom. As Molly and her siblings gather in the close quarters of the family home over one fraught summer, shocking revelations come to light. Everyone is forced to confront the question of what it means to be family. So another story about parenting, about children, expectations, um, hope and failure. I'm only one chapter in, so I can't really or I don't really want to comment on it just yet. Um, this is Jessica's second book um, and I haven't read her first book, which is called How to Be Second Best. Yeah, so this one is also out early January. Um, I was lucky again to receive an early copy from HarperCollins. It's looking good so far. I really like the cover of this one too. <laughs> yeah, watch out for my review, which will come out on the publication day. And next read, um, I haven't really got one lined up yet. Um, if you'd listened to the last episode, I think it was, with Maddie from Maddie's Reads, we spoke about... Um, that I wanted to clear my bedside table. I had a few books going at once and I still haven't done that. So <laughs> I'd really like to get those done before the end of the year. Uh, that's my goal so far. So I'm still reading Sarah Wilson and I'm still reading Florence Gibbons books and I haven't picked them up in weeks. <laughs> um, yeah, because I've really enjoyed my last few reads, which have been The Push and the Christmas reads that I'm about to touch on. So that is my goal for the next two or so weeks is to clear the bedside table and start fresh for January. So speaking of festive reads, I thought I'd talk about some that I have read to get you into the Christmas spirit. So the first one is Inner Holidays by Christina Lauren, which I'm sure you've seen all over Bookstagram. If you haven't, the synopsis reads, Love Actually meets Groundhog Day in the quintessential holiday romance. It's the most wonderful time of the year, but not for Maylin Jones. She's living with her parents, hates her going nowhere job, and has just made a romantic error of epic proportions. But perhaps worst of all, this is the last Christmas May will be at her favourite place in the world, the snowy cabin where she and her family have spent every holiday since she was born. Mentally melting down as she drives away for the final time, May throws out what she thinks is a simple plea to the universe. Please show me what will make me happy. The next thing she knows, everything goes black. When May gasps awake, she's back on an aeroplane, beginning the same holiday all over again. With one hilarious disaster after another sending her back to the plane, May must figure out how to break free of the strange time loop and finally get her true love under the mistletoe. Finally, I had a book that has broken my reading slump, which has been going on for what feels like now 
four months at least, I reckon. At the beginning of December, I really started to feel like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to read books because I'd been gifted them and because I felt like I was on a schedule to read them by the publication date. But for December, I thought I'm giving up on that. Uh, It's the end of the year. I really want to enjoy the next few books that I read. So I went back to my go-to genre, which of course is contemporary romance. And Christina Lauren can do no wrong when it comes to conroms. And this was another one. I will say it took me a good kind of hundred pages to really fall in love with it. But then I think I pretty well smashed through the rest of the book in one sitting after that. Um, Yeah, like I said on my review, it's going to be really hard to beat The Unhoneymooners for me. That's still my favourite Christina Lauren book. But I did really enjoy this one and it was just a really light fun read uh, for coming into the festive season and just easy to read as well. Um, It just flowed really well and I did like May, uh, who was the protagonist. Yeah, I know a lot of people who have read this have enjoyed it um, and have said that it's probably not their favourite as well, but... I think if you enjoy Christina Lauren's books, then you will enjoy this one too. Um, But I also think if you haven't read any of their books, then this is a great introduction to them as well. I felt like the ending wrapped up a bit too neat for me. I was hoping that there was going to be a bit of a twist at the end and that the guy that she fell for was actually someone we weren't expecting. But yeah, other than that, I did really enjoy it. Good page turner, fun, light, easy to read. And like I said, a a great read for the crazy time of year that this is. Uh, My second festive read that I have read was One Day in December by Josie Silver. Now... (laughs) I went into this thinking this was going to be another Conrom um, that was festive and light and fun, but (laughs) it's kind of anything but that. The only thing that's festive about it is that it is set in December of each year and (laughs) the story starts off in December, so... um, Yeah, (laughs) look, one of the reviews on the back says the number one feel-good read of Christmas 2018. I would say unless you're in a good, stable relationship right now, I probably wouldn't recommend reading this one at Christmas time. Um, It's not the fun love story that you think it might be. In saying that, I really enjoyed it. Um, for me, it was a massive page turner and even though the characters aren't really likable, I still really wanted to know how it ended. And even though I knew 
I think everyone would probably know how it's going to end eventually. It was interesting, the twists and turns along the way that the author decided to take us on. Um, I think this one's very divided on Bookstagram as well. Every time I posted it on my account in my stories, everyone would reach out and be like, I loved that book. I want to reread that book. I really enjoyed it. But there was also quite a few of you who had very strong opinions (laughs) about this book that you pretty well DNF'd it. So, yeah, I think it was from one extreme to the other. You either loved it or you didn't even finish it. Um, Yeah, but for me, I really enjoyed it. Um, It is quite a heavy read, which I think was fine for me because I read this straight after the Christina Loren one. But I would say that it's it's not a light Christmas read at all. Like I said, it is quite heavy in nature in that there's a lot of heartbreak through it. Um, It's set over a decade of the two protagonists' life and how they intertwine throughout that 10 years. Okay, so the synopsis is Laurie is pretty sure love at first sight doesn't exist. After all, life isn't a scene from the movies, is it? But then through a misted up bus window one snowy December day, she sees a man who she knows instantly is the one. Their eyes meet. There's a moment of pure magic. And then her boss drives away. Laurie thinks she'll never see the boy from the bus again. But at their Christmas party a year later, her best friend Sarah introduces her to the new love of her life, who is, of course, the boy from the bus. Determined to let him go, Laurie gets on with her life. But what if fate has other plans? I think if you're a fan of Nicholas Sparks um, or anything really romancy, heartbreak like that, then you will really enjoy this one. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I did really enjoy it, um, but apparently it's not for everyone. <laughs> Um, in saying that, though, the people who did message me to say that they DNF'd it, I would say that their normal genre isn't really conroms. Um, one in particular, she's more of a YA reader. The other one is probably just more contemporary fiction. But, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering whether that's maybe why they didn't enjoy it. I feel like if you're not a massive romance reader, then you only really enjoy the light, fluffy romance reads, whereas this one is quite heavy. You know, it's predictable from the beginning, which most romance reads are, but still very enjoyable. It is quite a long book, actually, too. My book's over 400 pages, but I think I finished it in three days. I just, I couldn't put it down. I had to know how it ended. (laughs) Third up is Christmas Shopaholic by Sophie Kinsella. I hope I said that right. Becky Brandon adores Christmas. It's always the same. Mum and dad hosting, Carol's playing, mum pretending she made the Christmas pudding and the next door neighbours coming round for sherry in their terrible festive jumpers. And now it's even easier with online bargain shopping sites. If you spend enough, you can get free delivery. Sorted. 
but this year looks set to be different. Unable to resist the draw of craft beer and smashed avocado, Becky's parents are moving to ultra-trendy Shoreditch and have asked Becky if she'll host Christmas this year. What could possibly go wrong? Her sister Jess is demanding a vegan turkey. Husband Luke is determined that he just wants aftershave again. And little Minnie is insisting on a very specific picnic hamper. Surely Becky can deal with all of this, as well as the surprise appearance from an old boyfriend and his pushy new girlfriend, whose motives are far from clear. Will chaos ensue or will Becky manage to bring comfort and joy at Christmas? I only got two chapters into this one and I put it down. (laughs) As I said at the beginning... December I wanted to be reads that I just really enjoyed and didn't feel like I was forcing myself to read or pushing through something that I wasn't enjoying and I felt like yeah maybe it's just not the right time I thought maybe two because I had read two romance books back to back and then went to this one that it was probably just a bit too light and fluffy for me I think I was really ready to read something a bit heavier, which is um, where the push came in. But yeah, I was in a buddy read for this one with Beck and Kate, who I'll link their accounts below. And Beck and I started the book at the same time. <laughs> and I said, I can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to finish it. I'm putting it down. And she messaged me when she'd finished and I <laughs> said, so, you know, she'd push through because she didn't like to stop a book halfway, which I totally understand. And I said, okay, did, did it get better? Did you enjoy it? And she said, no. <laughs> the only part she liked was the last few lines because she wasn't expecting it. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see what Kate thinks about it when she gets around to it. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing her thoughts if she does get around to it. Um, but yeah, this one came out the end of last year, I believe. Um Christina Lauren released their Inner Holidays back in October and one day in December, I think it was 2018, so it's a few years old, but still a great read nonetheless. So they are my festive reads so far, so I'd recommend two out of three of those. Now, moving on to the last part of this little chit chat, I wanted to touch base about the plans for the podcast for next year. So I'm going to be taking a break until early February now. Um, I've got quite a few interviews booked in for January to kind of start the year off, but I did put a poll up on on my So Novel Instagram asking you guys what you wanted for the podcast in 2021. Uh, And 63% of you said you would prefer fortnightly chats, um, which was my plan to begin with. So I think I'm going to trial the fortnightly chats for a few months and see how they go. And if that's not working, then um, I can go back to weekly, I guess. (laughs) And a lot of you said that you preferred shorter episodes. Um, It was only, I think it was maybe 
53% said they preferred the short to the longer episodes. So I'm going to try and aim for around the 30 to 40 minute mark, which might be hard for me. I need to stop asking (laughs) all the questions. I mean, I've nearly talked for 30 minutes by myself right now. But yes, I will be taking that into account and working on that. And you also pretty well all said that you are still keen for the giveaways, uh, which is no surprise, but also it is a bit, um, the giveaways don't seem to get a lot of traction and a lot of entries. So I will see how they go for the first few months, but yeah, if they're still not really that popular, then I will probably reconsider that. But yes, that is the final episode for 2020. What a year it has been. It has been an absolutely crazy wild ride this year. I've read so many more books than what I had expected to read. I think I set my goal for 45 reads, I think it was. Yes, I've just checked. So I set my goal for 45 reads. So far, I have read 69 books this year, which is just incredible. I don't think I've, yeah, I've probably haven't even read half of that in previous years. I think a lot of that though comes down to COVID, being home a lot more. Um, But also I deferred uni this year. So when I started back at uni in March this year, I took on, well, I had to take on two subjects um, because I was doing it part-time and that was the minimum requirement for part-time, which was a lot. (laughs) At the time, I had a 13-month-old and a three-year-old and COVID kind of started to just set in. Um, probably about week three of the semester. So I kind of called it then and I thought if this is going to be as big as what we're expecting and we're going into a lockdown, there is no way I'm going to be able to do two subjects plus full-time care without some type of help and pass these subjects. So um, I deferred that. July came around, we weren't in full lockdown, but we still weren't capable of going out and about as we pleased. Deferred again. So yeah, I've had this whole year off uni. (laughs) Um, And I think I was still set my Goodreads challenge for 45 again next year. Um, Going back to uni again, doing the podcast The podcast does take up a lot more time than what I had expected. I think that was kind of part of my reading slump as well, was that I was trying to churn out a lot of content for the podcast and I was really struggling to find time to enjoy sitting down to read when I had these pressures on myself and deadlines that I'd put in place to get things done and push out the content, I guess, weekly. 
Uh, so I think going back to the fortnightly chats as planned will take a lot of pressure off myself. <laughs> um, yeah, and I hope to keep enjoying this space. Um, again, if there's any feedback at all, please send me a DM or send me an email. All of that information is in the notes. And I wish you all a very, very Merry Christmas and wishing you all a happy new year for 2021. And I will speak to you next year. But do stay tuned around New Year's Eve. I will be dropping a bonus episode then. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for supporting me in this space. It really means a lot to me and I hope to hear from you all next year. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know. You can subscribe and leave me a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or find me on Instagram at So Novel Podcast. Thanks for listening and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.